السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله أما بعد قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقتة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time This week, alhamdulillah With regards to our third lesson, we look at the life of Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhu and his name was Umar ibn Khattab ibn Nufail ibn Abdul Izza ibn Riyah ibn Abdullah ibn Kurd ibn Raza'a ibn Abdi ibn Ka'b. And his kunya or his <coughs> agnomen was Abu Hafs. His mother was Hantama bint. Hashim ibn al-Mughira ibn Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Makzum and he hailed from the Banu Adi tribe on the one of the distinguished tribes of the Quraysh and this tribe they were in charge of mediation they were in charge of mediation amongst the Quraysh so two tribes would come, two tribes would have an issue. And the tribe of Banu Adi, they would come and they would mediate between these two tribes. His birth. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu an, he was born 13 years after the year of the elephant. Usama ibn Zaid ibn Aslam, he reports from his father, who in turn reports from his grandfather, who narrates that he said, or he heard that Umar radiyallahu an narrated, and Umar radiyallahu an he said that I was born wulitu ba'dal fijar, that I was born four years after the great war of fijar, and. Looking at some of the physical characteristics of Umar radiyallahu anhu, Umar radiyallahu anhu had some unique physical characteristics. And from the onset, he was a very strong person. He was extremely strong as many of the Mu'arrikhun, many of the historians, many of the people, the ulama, etc. that describe Umar radiyallahu they all describe him as an extremely strong person. They also describe him as a person who was able to work with both his hands. So, if he was, and many narrations, they narrate that he was left-handed, but he could do the exact same work with his right hand and Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. He was bold, he was tall and whenever Umar radiallahu an would be walking or he would be in a crowd, he would stand out amongst the people in this crowd. And Umar radiallahu an when mounted on his conveyance, on a horse or on a camel, he was extremely tall and standing up as well. Al-Waqili, he mentions that Umar radiallahu an, he was fair in complexion, with radishness. He would dye his beard. His complexion, however, changed in the year of the ashes due to 
his excessive consumption of olive oil. He had forbidden buttermilk and milk upon himself during this doubt, during the drought, and this resulted in his complexion to change. Let us have a glance and let us look at the household of Umar radiallahu anhu. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he had a fair amount of wives and children. And there was a time when he was married to more than one wife at once. He had a number of male and female offspring. As for his wives, he was married to Zainab bin Ma'zun. He was married to Umm Kulthum bin Jarwal ibn Malik ibn Al-Musayyab ibn Rabi'ah. He was married to Jamila bin Thabit ibn Abi Al-Aqlah. He was married to Luhayya and Umm Walad from Yemen. He was married to Umm Hakim bin Al-Harith ibn Hisham ibn Al-Mughira. He was married to Fakiha and Umm Walad. He was married to Atika bin Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl. He was married to Umm Kulthum bin Ali Abi Talib. Some of his children, his children were Abdullah. And this was the famous Abdullah ibn Umar that many a times you would year narrations of hadith from him. And Abdullah ibn Umar also, he was known to be one of those companions that was extremely and severe with regards to following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many of the ulama, they say if you want to know characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ, you want to know about the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, then look at Abdullah ibn Umar. Some of his other sons were Abdurrahman, Zayd al-Akbar, Abdurrahman al-Awsat, Ubaidullah, Abdurrahman al-Asghar, Hafsa, Ruqayya, and Zainab was his youngest child. Umar عن, during the period of ignorance, during the time of Jahiliyyah, Umar عن, he was nurtured in the care of his father. And his father and inherited or taught him to be a stern person, to have stern characteristics. So Umar عن, he was known to be a stern person. He was known to be a strict person. He was known to be a person that would never show any weakness. And Umar radiallahu an, he was also an extremely determined person. If he put his mind to something, that is what he's going to do. Umar radiallahu an, as we mentioned earlier, he came from a noble and influential family. From a noble and influential tribe of Quraysh. He was in charge of mediation during the periods of Jahiliyyah as well. Umar radiallahu anhu, he was an extremely composed but yet unshakable person. He was extremely determined. Umar radiallahu he never hesitated. And on many occasions after Umar radiallahu embraced Islam, and there were certain complaints to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there were certain incidents that took place, and certain people that had certain differences with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Umar radiallahu an, he would ask Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, should I sort them out for you, O Messenger of Allah? Certain narrations, should I chop the necks off, Ya Rasulullah? This was Umar radiallahu an. But the same Umar radiallahu an as well, 
When you read the Quran of Allah Azza wa Jal, then what would happen? Then tears would start flowing. His heart would soften. So Umar radiallahu an was that type of person. When it was a time to be stern and a time to be hard, then he showed that. But when it was a time to reflect onto the words of Allah Azza wa Jal, then he showed that side as well. So Umar radiallahu an, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, was one of those Sahabi, one of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that through the dua of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he embraced Islam. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma a'izza al-Islama bi'ahabbi hadayni ar-rajulayni ilayka bi'abi jahlin aw bi'umar ibn Khattab. Qala wa kana ahabbuhuma ilayhi umar. Qala Abu Isa, hadha hadithun hasanun sahihun gharib. So this hadith is found in the sunan of Abu Isa al-Tirmidhi. And it is narrated that the messenger of Allah Azza wa Jal, he said, O Allah, honor Islam through the most dear of these two men, through Abu Jahl, or through Umar ibn Khattab. And as we know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he chose Umar ibn Khattab. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, and the most dear of them to him was Umar. So here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he makes dua. He makes dua for Umar ibn Khattab or for Abu Jahl. Oh Allah, through one of these people, through one of the slaves of yours, either through Abu Jahl or through Umar radiallahu an, choose one of them. And then let them or let Islam be honored through their Islam. Let Islam become great through the embracing of Islam. And we see that Allah Azza wa Jal, He accepts this dua and He takes Umar ibn Khattab as a Muslim and later on to be Amir al-Mu'mineen, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an. Abdullah radiyallahu an, he said, مَا زِلْنَا أَعِزَّةً مُنذُ أَسْلَمَ عُمَرُ رواه البخاري He says that we have been powerful. We have never been that powerful as we were when Umar رضي الله عن embraced Islam. Umar رضي الله عن he brought عزة to Islam. Umar an, when he embraced Islam, he asked the Messenger of Allah, Are we not on Haq? Are we not on the truth? It was Umar an, that he was not afraid to show his Islam. He was not afraid to say that I have embraced Islam. He was not afraid to say that I am a Muslim. And this is a lesson for all of us. How many of us today, we are shy that we are Muslim? And no one's going to kill us. No one's going to harm us. But yet our Islam, we tend to hide it away. We tend to be a bit shy about our Islam. Sometimes we have Muhammad and he changes to Mo. Sometimes we have Yusuf and now he needs to change to Joe. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us and taught us through the lives of the likes of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, of the likes of Umar radiallahu an, of Talha, of Zubair, of Ali, of Uthman. That through the hardships that these companions went through, may Allah be pleased with all of them. Never for a moment did they feel that we need to hide our Islam. Never for a moment did they feel that we need to 
separate our Islam from our jobs, our Islam from our social lives. No, they were first Muslim. And this brings us to the next point. And this is with regards to Umar radiyallahu an embracing Islam. And there's quite a lengthy yet famous narration with regards to Umar radiyallahu an embracing Islam. And I'm not going to read the hadith verbatim. I'm not going to read it word for word, but rather just paraphrase and get to the gist and as we move on a bit later, you will see why. So it's, it is narrated that Umar ibn Khattab, he comes out one day with a sword around his neck and Umar ibn Khattab is asked by someone from the Banu Zuhra tribe that where are you heading, O Umar? And Umar replies, being Umar that he is, that I'm off to kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this man says to him, basically that you want to go and you want to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but your sister and your brother-in-law, they are Muslim themselves. So why would you want to kill the messenger of Allah azza wa jal? Why would you want to kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? When your own family members, when your sister and a husband, they have embraced Islam. Anyways, Umar ibn Khattab, he becomes extremely angry. And he goes to the dwelling where they are in and he starts to scream. Until he gets into the house. And he finds that they were reciting the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Umar radiyallahu anhu starts, he gets upset with his brother-in-law. Scuffle breaks out. Sister tries to come. She too gets pushed and causes her face to bleed. And she gets upset, she starts screams. And Umar radiyallahu anhu, he realizes what is happening. Anyways, he pauses and... He asked, let me see, or give me the manuscript that you guys were reading. And they inform him you need to take a bath, etc. And he does this and he reads Surah Taha. And says how Umar radiallahu an embraced Islam. And the hadith carries on and says that he asked that he can go to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he goes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he enters or he embraces Islam. Obviously, this narration is a bit more longer, there's a bit more detail. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this brings us to another important point. With regards to Islam, with the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal, then this is a deen based on Isnad. This is a deen based on Chains of narration. Had it not been for the chains of narration, then everyone could have said what they wanted to say. This deen is based on Anfulan, Anfulan, An Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That someone narrated from another person who narrated from his teacher, who narrated from his teacher, who narrated from his teacher, who narrated from a tabi'i, who narrated from a sahabi, who heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying this, who saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying this. This is Islam. And with regards to the narrations of how Umar radiallahu an became Muslim, then they are all weak. So this is a famous story that we often hear. However, it is a weak narration. Then there's another famous story that he heard certain other ayat of the Quran. That too is weak. 
So why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning this as a lesson for all of us. And many of the ulama of our contemporary scholars like Sheikh Uthman al-Khamis and others, they've been calling to out to other scholars, to other authors of kitabs, other authors of books, that with regards to history, the same rules that we apply for a hadith, the same rules that we apply to verify a hadith, we need to apply the same rulings for history as well. And the reason for this is so that we can safeguard our deen from deviant sects. Because history is one of those subjects that it's easy easy to manipulate. It's easy to say, and we will see this when we study or when we look at the life of Uthman radiallahu an, when we look at the life of Ali radiallahu an, that certain narrations that has crept through even into the works of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah was not actually authentic, but rather it had some form of weakness. Sometimes it was extremely weak and many a times it was fabricated. And this is why deviant sects, they thrive on fabricating weak, uh, they thrive on fabricating a hadith which is not really true from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they push this forward to dishonor and to show how evil or to paint a bad picture about the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he narrated and he said that Umar radiyallahu an was the most versed amongst us in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was the most knowledgeable in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He's saying this about Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an. And that he was the most understanding of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And through his Islam, all his Islam was a victory. Meaning, his embracing of Islam was a victory to us. His hijrah was a support to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to the Muslim ummah at large. And his khilafah was a mercy. Subhanallah. Now here, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it shows us and it teaches us that Umar radiallahu an. He was no ordinary person. That Umar radiallahu an, this is one of his peers, this is one of his colleagues. And imagine, what type of person you must not be that your own friends, that your own colleagues, that your own peers, that they speak high about you, that your own peers, that they honor you. And see what Abdullah ibn Mas'ud says. He says that he was the most versed amongst us in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. He had the most knowledge of the Quran. He was afqaminna. He was more knowledgeable of fiqh than us. His Islam was an opening for us. It was a victory for us. His hijrah, when he left Mecca and he went to Medina, this was a support for the deen of Islam. And that his khilafah, his rule after the demise of the Prophet, peace be upon him, after the demise of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, it was a rahmah, it was a mercy. Ibn Hajr al-Asqalani, he mentions in his famous book, Al-Isaba, and this book, it deals with all the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says that Umar was in charge of mediation during the days of ignorance. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was appointed a Nabi, Umar radiyallahu anhi was stern against the Muslims. 
when he embraced Islam and his Islam was a victory for the Muslims and it was an opening for them from the narrowness that the Quraysh was showing them. There's a narration attributed to Umar radiallahu an where he says خيركم خيركم في الجاهلية خيركم في الإسلام that the best of you, those who are the best in Jahiliyyah and they become the best in Islam. When they were in the state of their Jahiliyyah, when they were in the state of their ignorance, they were the best of people, they were the strongest. Whatever wrong they did, they did the best. And so now when you embrace Islam, you need to be the best in Islam as well. Sometimes we find people, mashallah, before they become religious, they had all this vigor, they had all this strength. And they were fine. They would do things in their jahiliya state, in their time of ignorance. But now once they become religious people, now that energy is lost. Change that energy. Use that energy that you used once upon a time in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Change it to using it in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu an his titles and his kunya. So he was famously known as Abu Hafs. And the meaning or what it comes down to is that Hafs is one of the names of a lion cub. And one of the other names that Umar radiyallahu an was famously known as was Al-Faruq. And this stood with him until he passed away. This name Al-Faruq in many of the books, they still entitle and they still speak to Umar radiyallahu an. They address him as Al-Faruq. The secret in him being given this title lies in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used Umar radiyallahu an to publicize Islam and differentiate between the truth and falsehood. Umar radiyallahu an was used to publicize Islam as we saw earlier from the narrations of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And also he differentiated between the truth, yani between the haq, and between batil, between the falsehood. Umar radiyallahu an was that sahabi, he was that companion. That Islam, through his embracing of Islam, it became strengthened. That Umar radiyallahu an, he was that companion. And inshallah we come to this narration a bit later. Let us look at some of the virtues of Umar radiyallahu an. And Anas radiyallahu anhu qala qala Umar Radiyallahu an wafaktu rabbi fi thalathin Fakultu ya Rasulallah Lawitta khadna min maqami Ibrahima musalla Fanazalat wattakhidu min maqami Ibrahima musalla Wa ayatul hijabi kultu ya Rasulallah Law amarta nisaaka Ay yahtajibna Fa innahu yukallimuhunnal Barru wal fajir فنزلت آية الحجاب واجتمع نساء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الغيرة عليه فقلت لهن عسى ربه إن طلق كن أن يبدله أزواجا خيرا من كن فنزلت هذه الآية أمر رضي الله عنه يسيد that my Lord, yani Allah Azza wa Jal, He agreed with me in three things. I said, O oh Allah's Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I wish that we took the station of Ibrahim, yani the maqam of Ibrahim, as our praying place for some of our prayers. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, 
He sends down revelation to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَاتَّخِذُ مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى And take your people the station of Ibrahim as a place of prayer. And this is why after your tawaf, you make two raka'ats behind maqam Ibrahim. This was the one verse. The second verse has to do with regards to the veiling of the woman. And I said, O Messenger of Allah, I wish that you ordered your wives to cover themselves from the men because good and bad ones talk to them. So the verse of veiling the woman was revealed. And the third ayah, he says that once the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they made a united front against the Prophet. And I said to them, it may be if ye, the Prophet peace be upon him, would divorce you. And this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him instead of you better wives than yourselves. So the verse was revealed the same as I said, and this is in Surah Tahrim verse number 5. So imagine, Umar radiyallahu an, he says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on three different occasions, three different things, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals this ayat in the Quran, like how Umar radiyallahu an said, subhanallah. If this is not a virtue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to Umar, then I don't know what is a virtue. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لقد كان فيما قبلكم من الأمم محدثون فإيك في أمتي أحد فإنه عمر نريتك بأبو هريرة رضي الله عنه سيد that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger, he informed us and he said that amongst the nations before you, there used to be people who were inspired though they were not prophets. And if there is any of such a person amongst my followers, then it is Umar radiallahu This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam praising Umar radiallahu Had there been anyone of my ummah that would be inspired that Allah Azza wa Jal inspired them and yet they were not prophets, then it would have been Umar radiallahu an. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that had they been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. Had they been a Nabi, and obviously we know, and this is the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that there is no prophet after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Whilst I was sleeping, I saw myself standing over a well with a bucket on it. I drew from it as much as Allah decreed. Then Abu Bakr took it and drew a bucket or two. His drawing was somewhat weak, but Allah overlooked it. And then it turned to Umar radiallahu an, And it turned into a big bucket. And Umar ibn Khattab took it. I never saw a giant draw water like he did until people were fully saturated. This hadith is found in Bukhari. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari he said that he was in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one of the gardens of Medina and in the hand of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there was a stick and he was striking slowly the water and the mud with it. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sitting with him is Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he has a stick in his hand. And there might be some water mixed with mud in front of him, water in sand. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is striking this water mixed with the sand in it. And a man came at the gate and asked permission to enter. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, open the gate for him and give him glad tidings of entering paradise. He says to Abu Musa, go open the gate. And give him glad tidings of Jannah. I went and behold, it was Abu Bakr. So I opened the gate for him and informed him of the glad tidings of Jannah. Then another man came and, uh, and asked permission to enter. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, open the gate for him and give him glad tidings of entering paradise. Behold, it was Umar an. So I opened the gate for him and gave him glad tidings of entering paradise. Then a third man came and 
he knocked and asked for permission to enter the Prophet peace be upon him was sitting in a leaning posture he sat up and he said open the gate for him and give him the glad tidings of paradise and also inform him give him the glad tidings of paradise with a calamity which will befall him or which will take place I went and behold that it was Uthman radiallahu an. So I opened the gate for him and gave him the glad tidings of paradise. And I also informed him of what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what he had said about the calamity. Uthman radiallahu an, he replied and he said, Allah alone whose help I seek against this calamity. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, when we speak about the life of Uthman radiallahu an, we will allude to this hadith or to the calamity. But the point of the hadith and the reason why I brought it in, to show you that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on more than one occasion gave glad tidings to Abu Bakr radiallahu an. More than one occasion he gave, gave glad tidings to Umar radiallahu an. And on more than one occasion he gave, gave glad tidings to Uthman and to some of the other sahaba of Jannah. Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu an he reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he ascended the mount of Uhud and he was accompanied by Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman. The mountain of Uhud it shook beneath him and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he hit the mountain with his foot, he stamped it with his foot and he said, Ya Uhud, O Uhud, be firm for on you there is none but a Prophet referring to himself and a Siddiq referring to Abu Bakr and the Shuhada referring to Umar and Uthman, may Allah be pleased with all of them. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he once said, O Ibn Khattab, meaning O Umar radiallahu an, by him in whose hands is my life, whenever Satan sees you taking away, whenever Satan sees you walking a particular path, and he follows another way, a different path that you are on. Yani meaning if Shaitan, you know in life sometimes, Someone sees you and they don't want to see you. So what do they do? They turn around or they take, make a U-turn or they take a right instead of a left, etc. Whatever it might be. But here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling Umar ibn Khattab, Oh ibn al-Khattab, Oh Abu Hafs, Oh Umar radiallahu an, that Oh Umar, if you are walking down a path, if you are walking down a road and shaitan sees you, then shaitan makes a U-turn and goes the other way. This shows you the caliber of Umar radiallahu an. This shows you who Umar radiallahu an was. This shows you what type of person Umar radiallahu an was. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was sadiqul masduq. وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Najm that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he did not speak out of his own accord but he inspired him and he spoke that he says that Umar radiallahu an will be entered into Jannah and he said that Shaitan fears Umar radiallahu an then how do we still find how do you find a nation how do you find a people how do you find a sect how do you find a certain group in our society that they have it in their hearts to speak ill and to curse the likes of Abu Bakr, to curse the likes of Umar, to curse the likes of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar radiallahu an and Tawheed. An Umar radiallahu an An Umar radiallahu an Annahu qabbal al-hajar aswad فَقَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ حَجَرٌ لَا تَدُرُّ وَلَا تَنْفَعُ وَلَوْلَا أَنِّي رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُقَبِّلُكَ مَا قَبَّلْتُكَ مُتَّفَكٌ عَلَيْهِ Umar radiallahu an When he kissed the black stone and he said that Indeed, I know that you are but a stone. You can neither benefit nor you can harm. And had I not seen the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kiss you, I would have never kissed you. Had I not seen the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kiss you, I would have never kissed you. This is one of the lessons of Tawheed that Umar ibn Khattab has taught the Ummah. That 
you have no benefit. That nothing can harm us. And nothing can benefit us except that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no benefit from any stone, from any tree, from any inhabitant of a grave. There's no harm from any stone, from any tree, from any inhabitant of a grave. This is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing can harm us except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants it permission to do. Nothing can benefit us except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings us forth. And this also teaches us the love. And the honor and the respect that Umar radiallahu anha had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That he only did this merely because he saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is of the utmost love that a person can show to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is by following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is the viewpoint of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaah with regards to Umar ibn Khattab? There is ijma, there is consensus that Umar ibn Khattab is the best person to walk on the face of the earth after the Anbiya and after Abu Bakr. Again, Umar radiallahu an is the best person to walk on the face of the earth after the Anbiya and after Abu Bakr radiallahu Imam An-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala in Sharh Muslim. He says that Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah has agreed that the best of the companions is Abu Bakr radiallahu an and then Umar ibn Khattab. The best of the companions is Abu Bakr radiallahu an and then Umar ibn Khattab and then the others. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimallahu ta'ala in his Majmu'a Fatawa and Minhaju Sunnah, he mentions there is a consensus amongst Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah and it is also reported from Ali radiallahu an and this is Mutawatir. Mutawatir meaning that this narration has been narrated by so many narrators that it is impossible that they could have all gathered together and formulate a lie that he says that Ali radiallahu anhu said that the best of this ummah after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Abu Bakr and then Umar radiallahu and this brings us to another important point this brings us to the demise of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. So the demise of a magnificent leader. And his demise opened the door for another great leader, for a wonderful successor. And this was Umar radiallahu an's time as the Khalifa of Islam. So the demise of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, it took place on a Monday evening and he was buried the same night. <coughs> this took place eight days before the end of Jamadul Akhira on the 13th year after Hijrah, after a sickness of about 15 days. So during these days, Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, he would lead the Muslims in Salah on his behalf, on the behalf of Abu Bakr, as he was ill. Uthman radiallahu an, he had written a covenant and read it out to the Muslims who agreed with it and listened and obeyed. The Khilafah of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, it lasted for two years and three months. His age at his demise was 63, the exact age of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an assumed the Khalifa by appointment of Abu Bakr radiallahu an after he had consulted with senior Sahaba and it became clear to him that none equates anyone with Sayyidina Umar. Hence, he appointed Sayyidina Umar to be the Khalifa after his demise. 
The Khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu an was one of assistance and one of blessings in a number of ways. Also during the Khalifa of Umar radiyallahu an, we found that the number of conquests increased and the area of the Islamic State expanded. He challenged the Persian kingdom and he ended certain kingdoms that would never ever rise again. Sayyidina Umar was the first to be titled Amirul Mu'minin. The leader of the believers, Amirul Mu'minin. And where did this actually come from? This came from that Umar ibn Khattab, he wrote to his governor, governor in Iraq to send Labir ibn Rabi'ah and Adi ibn Hatim to him. When they reached Medina, they entered the Masjid, Masjid al-Nabawi, and they found Sayyidina Amr ibn As. May Allah be pleased with him. And they said to him, or they asked him, Do we have permission to enter the presence of Amir al-Mu'minin? So Amr radiyallahu an Amr ibn As, he said to them that indeed you are spot on with his name by Allah. Meaning that he took an oath by Allah that indeed this name that you call in him, Amirul Mu'minin, you are spot on with this. So Amr ibn As, he entered the gathering of Sayyidina Umar and he said to him, Peace and blessings be upon you, O Amirul Mu'minin. Umar radiallahu an asked, What happened to you? O Ibn As, you need to retract the statement. You cannot mention this. I'm, don't call me Amirul Mu'minin. And Amr, he narrated the incident to him and he sanctioned it. So Umar radiallahu an, he sanctioned it. He said that it is fine to call me Amirul Mu'minin. And from this day, he was known as Amirul Mu'minin, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. And this was also the inception of this title. The first to be titled with it, as we mentioned, was Umar radiallahu an. And this title, it stuck with all those who assumed the Khilafah after Umar ibn Khattab besides the Khulafah of Banu Umayyah in Spain. They were addressed only as the, with the title Amir until Abdul Rahman ibn Muhammad commonly known as Al-Maqtul assumed Khilafah and he was again titled Amirul Mu'minin, this practice continued until the end of the dynasty. Let us now look at some of the fruits with regards to the Khilafah of Umar ibn Khattab. Umar ibn Khattab was a Khalifa. He was a leader of the Muslims. And he led the Muslims to victories during wars. He expanded the Muslim empire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the life and the justice and the way he ruled, he expanded Islam into city after city, into country after country. Umar radiallahu an, he had or he celebrated quite a number of conquests and invasions. The conquest of Damascus, the battle of An-Namariq, the battle of the bridge, the battle of Buwayb, the battle of Al-Qadisiyah, the first battle of Hims, the battle of Qaysariyah, the battle of Ajnadain, and there are a lot more. And also the conquest of Baytul Maqdis. The opening of Palestine, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned Palestine back to its rightful owners, which is the Muslims. The conquest of Halawan, the conquest of Tikrit, the conquest of Tustur. He also went into the lands of Persia. He also had the conquest of Egypt. And the list can go on and on. This was Umar radiallahu an, and this was the spread of Islam. Umar radiallahu anhu also initiated a few practices which was not there before him. 
For example, he was the first one to record history from the Hijrah. He was the first to appoint a treasury. He was the first to patrol during the evenings. The first leader to go out at night. He was the first to lash 80 lashes to the person that drank alcohol. He was the first to start a register. He was the first to carry food from Egypt to the Ayla Sea to Medina. The first to withhold sadaqah in Islam. He was the first who took responsibility of inheritance. Was the first to take zakah for horses. Was the first to tell Ali radiallahu an that may Allah support you. To who? To Ali radiallahu an. And this was Umar radiallahu an. And Umar radiallahu an, as we spoke at the start, we said that Umar radiallahu an was an extremely stern person. But one night Umar radiallahu an, he's on his patrols and he comes to a house and he sees children crying and he overhears their mother explaining it. And I'm paraphrasing the story. But basically there was not enough food in this house. And the mother cooking water so the children can fall asleep thinking that there will be food. Umar radiallahu an, he hears this, he sees this. He goes with his helper, with his slave. On his own back, Umar radiallahu an, he carries this. He brings it back to this lady. He doesn't just drop it off, he cooks the food and he makes sure that he sees his children eat. This was Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. Not a picture that other people paint. Not a picture that the deviant sex that they paint about Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. And time doesn't allow us to go into more details of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an. And the last point of tonight's discussion is a brief account of Umar ibn Khattab's martyrdom. Abu Nu'lu al-Majusi, who was a slave of Mughira ibn Shu'bah, and he was skilled at making handmills. Mughira would take four silver coins from him daily. Abu Nu'lu, he met Umar ibn Khattab and he spoke to Umar ibn Khattab and he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mini, Mughira is overburdening me with proceeds, so speak to him to lessen my burden. Umar said to him, Fear Allah and be good to your master. Umar radiallahu an, he had intention to meet Mughira and speak to him to lessen his burden. The slave got upset and remarked, his justice has encompassed everyone besides myself. Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi, he secretly planned to kill Umar ibn Khattab. He made a two-edged dagger, which he sharpened and poisoned and then took it to Hurmuzan and said, what do you think of this? Hurmuzan, he commented and he said, I think that you will kill anyone who you stab with it. Abu Lu'lu then waited for a perfect opportunity to strike. Umar radiallahu anhi came to him in the morning prayer and stood behind him, stood behind Umar radiallahu an. When the call for salah was given, Umar would command, straighten your rows, and he did as was his usual practice. As soon as he recited the takbir, Abu Lu'lu stabbed him in the shoulder and then in his waist, it, it is said, that he stabbed him six times, Umar fell to the ground. The villain went on to stab 13 men, of whom seven succumbed to their wounds, while the six were severely injured. Umar radiallahu an, he was carried and taken away. Ibn Sa'ad, he reports in At-Tabaqat, that Umar radiallahu an, he said to Abdullah, his son. So what we need to realize, that Umar radiallahu an, he did not pass away immediately. So he says to Abdullah radiallahu an, may Allah be pleased with both of them, that, O oh Abdullah, go to Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha and say to her that Umar conveys his salam to you and do not say Amirul Mu'mineen conveys his salam. 
for I am no more their leader from today. Because now he realized that he's going to leave this dunya. And ask her, do you permit him to be buried alongside his companions? Meaning Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr radiallahu an. So Abdullah ibn Umar, he goes to her and he found her sitting and weeping. He greeted her with salam and said that Umar ibn Khattab, he seeks permission to be buried with his two companions. She said, by Allah, I had reserved it for myself, but I will give him preference today over myself. When he returned, Umar was told that Abdullah ibn Umar has arrived. Umar said, lift me a man thus. Seated him when he returned, Umar was told, that he asked a man to lift him and he says what information do you have for me what news do you have for me he says that you have been given permission she gave you permission and Abdullah replied Umar then remarked there was nothing more important to me than that resting place oh Abdullah ibn Umar and subhanallah imagine this he asked her and she acknowledged his request. And this was of the best things that could happen to Umar radiallahu an. And he says that after I pass away, this is Umar ibn Khattab speaking, then carry me on a bier and then halt at the door and say that Umar ibn Khattab seeks permission to enter. If she permits it, then take me in. If she does not, then bury me in the graveyard of the Muslims. Still, he says that ask her permission even once I've passed away and you carry my then ask them still ask her for permission that I can enter do not just enter and if she maybe changed her mind for whatever reason that's fine take me to Baqi and bury me with the Muslims before Umar radiallahu an passed away he said appoint a Khalifa and he said that I do not find anyone more deserving of this matter than this group who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was pleased with at his demise whichever of them is chosen as a khalifa after me this will be fine and I will be pleased with it and he named Ali radiallahu an Uthman Talha Zubair Abdurrahman and Sa'ad may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and obviously as we know and we will see next week that Uthman radiallahu an becomes the third khalifa of Islam Imam al-Bukhari rahimallahu ta'ala he reported that Umar radiallahu an he made a dua oh Allah award me the martyrdom in your path and determine my my demise in Medina both of these du'as were accepted as he was made shaheed and he was made shaheed way in the city of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Umar radiallahu an passed away in 23 of the Hijrah and the scholars differ on his age at the time of his demise. Some say that he was martyred at the age of 55, while others say it was 56. There are some narrations that say it's 53, some that say 63 and 65. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. This brings us to the end of Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept the little that we do to defend and speak about the life of his noble companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this little effort of ours that we do, that it be written in our books of good and that we can be rewarded with this in the year after. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.